Welcome, and you're listening to Navigate, a podcast designed to help leaders like you take some of the guesswork out of transition. And I'm Tim Austin, your host and founding coach of EncompassLifeCoaching.com, where coaching becomes that intentional space for you to dream, discover, and design a winning transition. And I'm thrilled to have my friend Chris Hines back with us for yet another conversation here on Navigate to talk about life calling. Chris Hines is a certified coach, professional development speaker, and founder of the Christian Life Calling Institute. He helps Christians find their life calling and live with intention. He's the author of several faith-focused books, including one on Christian Life Calling that will be released in spring 2023. And Chris also helps companies with employee engagement and talent development through his business, Chris Hines Co. at chrishines.com. He is a Gallup certified strengths coach, top rated learning partner for Penn State, and frequent workshop leader. Chris serves on the national board of Christ Now. So thanks for joining me and Chris for this conversation, and let's get started. Okay, Chris Hines, thanks again. Uh, for returning for yet another conversation uh, with me. Tim, hey, I'm happy to do it. Thanks for having me back. So yeah, I was last year we did an episode together and we were kind of focusing in on on some areas uh, of life calling that is a space that you hang out in a lot and transition, which is a space that I hang out in a lot. And lots of overlap in that, in that space. But, and that was, by the way, that was episode 31. If our listeners want to check that out. Um, But you've recently or recently in the process of moving, tell me about that. Bring me up to speed. Yeah, Tim. Well, you know, I'm thinking back when we recorded last year, episode 31, I'm not even sure we knew we'd be moving (laughs) quite honestly. (laughs) Um, Right now I'm in a hotel room, my wife and my my kids and I are in this six month six week transition between closing on our old house and moving into the new house. So we've been on the road for about six weeks, and finally next week we'll close on our house. Um, we decided to move from Pennsylvania, um, Central PA, which is my hometown, kind of where I grew up, uh, to Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, I transitioned out of full time work. To running my own business. And we just decided, hey, like what's possible now mm. with this change and relocating to somewhere different is one of those things that was possible. And we've heard really great things about Charlottesville over the years. And so mm-hmm. we, uh, we decided to move. So pretty soon we'll be finally moving into that new home uh, here, but it has been a journey to get here. <laughs> I'm sure it has. Uh, yeah, because you were pretty rooted and established there um, where you were before, right? You'd been there yeah, quite a I mean, while. I grew up there and I worked for our family business. Um, I left the family business um, last year to uh, pursue my own, kind of build more of my own business up. I'd mm-hmm. been doing it kind of on the side, but decided to go kind of full full in um, with it. And so I left the family business, which was a big step. And now left our family hometown as well. Wow! Yeah, lots of lots of change for you guys. How are your kids doing with all the transition? Yeah, good question. Well, we have three kids. Um, we have a 19 year old um, daughter. She's going to college in the fall, so the move doesn't affect her that much. I mean, yeah. it affects her on breaks because she won't be 
she won't be on the hometown anymore on breaks, but she's going to college, Culinary Institute of America, okay. in the food business in upstate New York. So she's kind of ambivalent a bit about it. Um, then we have a 15-year-old and a and a 12-year-old. Um, so they're mixed. They're excited for new opportunities, but also kind of sad about yeah. changing friendships and changing settings. But there's a lot that Charlottesville and their new school is going to offer them. Um, and so, but they haven't really made a big move before. Yeah. So they're both kind of unsure. They're both boys kind of unsure how that will be. Yeah. Um, but I think they will make friends quickly. They're both awesome kids. They'll make friends quickly. And yeah, yeah. I, I think they'll be fine. Good, good. Yeah. Well, we've, and we moved a lot and <laughs> our kids have, have, uh, been in tow with us, you know, all those years. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a challenge to move with kids and that's why I asked. Um, but I'm glad they're doing well. And, um, yeah, you're on this new adventure, uh, with your family and going to a new place. That's, uh, that's exciting. And it's, and it's nice that you have the freedom and the flexibility to be able to do that in this season where, yeah, now that you've started your, your own work and your own business and can work well, from a hotel room, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Wherever right. you wouldn't, wouldn't want to do it full time, but no. it's nice here and there. <laughs> That's right. Hey, um, well, when when we had uh, in our last conversation talking about um, calling and life mm-hmm. purpose, life calling, and you said something in that in that conversation that uh, really stood out to me, and I want to highlight again. Um, you said. Our calling is given to us, but we want to create a life to support it. So that was then. This is now. Bring me up to speed. What have you been doing to create a life to support your calling, Chris? Because uh, you have, you have, like you said, you left the family business and all of this um, has been happening in your life. What, what, what have you been doing? What have you been doing to create a life to support your calling? Yeah. Yeah. Good question, Tim. Um, I want to say, first off, I think the fact that God is the author of our calling and Mm. gives it to us takes a lot of pressure off of us Mm. to have to muster it up and try to manifest it or something. You know, I think instead it's a matter of staying closely connected to Jesus and the father and letting, letting him reveal it to us, you know, Mm by his spirit. Um, that for me, at least takes all the pressure off. It's just a matter of, uh, of seeking his face, seeking what he wants to reveal. Uh, of course, there's some work on my part to mm-hmm. um, figure that out, to see how he may be speaking or what he may be speaking. He has a variety of means that he can speak through, but it really, it really takes the pressure off to have to like muster it up and do yeah. some Shazam stuff because yeah. he's just going to give it to us. He wants to reveal it to us. Um, and so it's up to us to sort of take out the, take, take the steps to find it, but then take the steps to live it and be faithful. And, um, that's what we've been trying to do. Um, I, I felt the Lord was, was showing me more of my calling, um, was to help people find theirs and to help people, um, find their place in God's plan, Mm -hmm. find kind of their main contribution of service to the kingdom. That's really what I think a life calling is. And I found myself in a job. I just couldn't really do that as full as I wanted to in that role, um, which is 
which is a reason I left the, the kind of the comfortable role in the family business. I was good at it. I had impact. I had, you know, I had resources. I was good at it, good at it, but it just was not the best setup for me anymore to be living out that calling. And so for me, that led to, you know, work like working for myself, um, building, building out a community of people, um, uh, uh, building out the message more setting, mm-hmm. kind of setting myself up to live that calling out. That was my path in this season. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean everyone has to leave their jobs to live out their right. calling. I've some things to say about that if, if we have room for that, but I yeah. don't think this is the same path for everyone. It just was this, the, the right path for me at this time. Yeah, that's good. So, so would you say more rather than just, we, we want to create a life to support our calling really to, to, to expand on that. We're creating a life in partnership with the Holy spirit mm-hmm. who is a creative God that, that and, and knows uh, our life and our days and our future um, and can help us step into that with the clarity we need. So, and I, so I hear you saying that's, that takes us, you know, that takes the pressure off, right? I think it does. Yeah. Yeah. I think it really does. And when we start to realize like my calling's not all about me, it's not Mm -hmm. like I'm the center of my calling and the calling like revolves around me, but instead as a, for me as a Christian believer, that it's Jesus is the center of my calling. Jesus is the center of the universe and my role is to find my place in serving his plans, find my place in serving his purposes. And, and I think that is what, what a life calling is. Hmm. Um, we had to shift the focus of our work from just kind of generic life calling to a Christian approach to life calling. Okay. Um, we started off in our work kind of taking a more general approach to calling you know, trying to help people find purpose and meaning in life and fulfillment. And and I found as I went down that road and built some things out, it Mm -hmm. it just wasn't quite the fuller message I wanted to to present to the world or work with people around. I really needed to focus on a Christian approach to life calling. Okay. Um, And so we shifted our work from kind of just life calling institute to Christian life calling institute. Because there are there are plenty of people and programs that will help you find you know your purpose and and yeah. more meaning in life and fulfillment. Great, okay. But the distinction I wanted to bring kind of to to the world was a Christian view of life calling. Jesus okay. at the center. Jesus around the circumference. Me seeking Him to help find my place in His plans. Good. Yeah, I love that. Right. Because like you said, there are, um, I mean, it's trending today, so to speak, right? This whole, like, become more self-aware and um, find a more fulfilling life, um, create your best life, find your purpose. I mean, all of that are, there's so much overlap. um, And some of it, some of the unhealthy stuff, I believe, kind of bleeds over into the the Christian context or the Mm -hmm. church. Yeah. Um, there are some things we, we have really benefited from as well. Some of the research mm-hmm. and um, like you work with the strengths um, and we could talk more about that, but uh, some of the assessments and things that are out there, but then there's also, yeah, 
it, it seems to get kind of confusing out there in terms of what am what are we looking for? So I love that you've put the emphasis back on Christ, a Christ-centered approach to calling. Yeah, we uh, I didn't in, in the end see it any other way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually think that the Lord frustrated my plans. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kind of, he does that, right? From time to time, he yeah. kind of frustrates our plans. Um, we we plan this great um, life calling program, and it was going to be great. <laughs> I got a big name person to endorse it. It was going to be great, and we opened up the shopping cart per se, and no one budged. Mm-hmm. And that sent me back to prayer. Like Lord, I thought mm-hmm. I was following you. I, I mm-hmm. thought I'm in this new work arrangement to kind of do this thing. I mean, it was really discouraging, and the the Lord just so gently reminded me in prayer. Um, what's important and kind of led me toward this, this idea of that he was the one frustrating these plans because it Mm -hmm. wasn't quite what he wanted it to be. And so um, now we're on this track. We just released our new website, christianlifecalling.com, which Mm -hmm. is the the online home of the Christian Life Calling Institute, where we want to help people find and live into their life calling with, with intention, but doing it from a Christian worldview. And so this whole new website and, and work would not have been possible had God not frustrated our plans and kind of reshifted us into a new direction. Um, so I think that is that is good news when the when yeah. you know the Lord is frustrating you because you know that mm. there's sort of greater glory in the end and greater service and obedience and faithfulness out there, even though at the time it can feel very like disorienting. I mean, I walked around kind of dazed for a few days, like, what is going on? I shifted <laughs> my whole life. I quit my job right. with the family because of this. But yeah, he yeah. was gracious and gentle to redirect. To redirect. And, and there's no shame in that. And I love, as you talk about this, Chris, I love the fact that, you know, I'm not hearing like, man, I, I, I screwed up. I messed up and I didn't get it right. It's it's a journey and discovering our own calling and, and purpose. Um, God is great. God is gracious with us and good. And uh, just like his, the, the, the term uh, um, implies shepherd, you know, he shepherds mm-hmm. us and um, shepherds us into our calling. And um, I love the fact that he's done that with me as well um, because I've missed the mark a lot of times, mm-hmm. but, yeah. and I'm still on that journey. And so, yeah, I, I appreciate that perspective and the fact that he allows us to explore even when he knows we're not going to get it right the first time or the second time, maybe, or the third time. But, but in that there's learning and there's growth and there's, mm-hmm. and there's more focus and clarity, I believe. Uh, amen. That comes yeah. from that. Yeah. Good. Let's talk about the overlap when it comes to people that you've come alongside of over the years, because you have very, you've worked with um, a, a very diverse range of, of folks, you know, so by that, I mean, folks more in the church and ministry space, mm-hmm. and then those in the business world, you hang out in both spaces. And I do as well. Mm-hmm. And maybe the difference between us is a little bit more like I, I stepped into full-time like missionary ministry work 
if you want to call that full time. I don't always like using that term, but just that was what I did for 20 years or mm-hmm. 20 years plus. And I dabbled in business, um, got involved in small business startups, even when I was overseas, mm-hmm. as a way to um, uh, advance God's kingdom, uh, yeah. you know, through through business and to su- help people support themselves and their families through business. So that was more of a thing that I did, I guess you could say, on the side. And then you have all this rich, you know, experience in business, and yet a very ministry minded and focused. I know that you were, you've been involved in church plants and different, different areas of ministry. You've authored Christian books. So you, you, we both have overlap in these areas, but I'm just curious about how that, um, the, the perspective that you might have from a life calling perspective, what are some of the similarities and or differences that you see in terms of what these folks in these different spaces struggle with? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question, Tim. And that's true. I hadn't thought of that before the, the kind of the commonality you and I have in terms yeah. of kind of working and walking in both kind of contexts. So that's, that's cool. And you actually, we met because I was um, wanting to um, have some clarity and help around a Christian ministry I had started and mm. was working in the works, you know, professional workspace marketplace and but had these passions for ministry, we connected because I was seeking a coach for help in this area. Right. Uh, you know, so that was like our context of meeting. And now we're in the real life process network right. together, which is cool. So yeah, yeah, yeah. good topic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely have had a kind of a, a ministry interest. Um, I would have thought I, I would have started out in, you know, full time vocational Christian ministry from the start, not business. God had different plans for me, and I'm really glad looking back at all the skills and experiences and knowledge I've developed um, from my professional work experience that have benefited both the workspace as well as sort of some some, um, Christian um, oriented projects and things I've done. So I'm thankful for, for both contexts I've been part of. I think in the end, everyone is looking for a life that matters. Mm -hmm. And everyone wants to answer what, why am I here? Like, what, what was I put here for? What was I put here to do? Which comes back to purpose. I, I've seen that question come up in various forms. Um, whether I'm doing a strengths workshop at a, for a college institution, or it's in a more of a, you know, a Christian setting. So definitely purpose is on people's mind. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. What that purpose is, I think, differs depending on the context that you're in. Um, I've seen in a Christian setting, people really understanding their purpose is to expand God's kingdom. And it's, it's, it's an allegiance to Christ Jesus, and it's a loyalty to Christ Jesus and his kingdom. I've seen others in the professional space that don't have any sort of a, you know, a belief in Jesus. Um, and of course, it's not either or. <laughs> there are lots of of yeah. Christ-centered people in the workspace, so it's not right. either either or. But but I've also seen lots of people in the you know workspace who don't have a faith orientation, who are looking for purpose, but mm-hmm. it ends up being more about how do I feel fulfilled? Okay. How do I most feel like I'm doing that thing I was made to do? And so there's there's a a self-centeredness, they might not even mean be meaning to 
be that self-centered, but there's a self-centeredness, I think often uh, that, that I see um, that even if it's wanting to be better in your job or uh, be, yeah, be more productive, make yourself more marketable with skills, that's all good stuff, but it's, it's still kind of self-centered um, mm-hmm. versus a more kingdom approach would be Jesus-centered, I'm serving his purposes versus I'm serving mine. I think that's a big difference is what is the purpose, although both, both parties would be kind of asking that question. Right. Can you, do you feel you can work if you're in a group setting? And I, I believe you do, you work with, you work with groups as well. So if you're in a group setting, can you, are you comfortable in that space of when you're, you're, when you're in a group, which encompasses um, people potentially in church ministry, full-time ministry, and, mm-hmm. and someone else is in the group who's uh, a full-time businessman or mm-hmm. owns their own business, or uh, do you feel comfortable in that space or do you like to have it either or I like working with both types of people. Um, for me, the struggle comes. I'm a very honest person. Honesty is one of my core values. I know you offer like a values and needs assessment. Yeah. And so um, I've appreciated for me, and I think your clients do too, would appreciate, you know, really narrowing down on values. So one of my core values is honesty. And I I really struggle if I'm in a situation where let's say it's more, it's a business thing and I can't share faith or even the idea of God creating people for a purpose. If I can't somehow share that, I feel like I'm being disingenuous. Um, I mean, I just had that situation happen last week where I was doing a workshop and I was told ahead of time, I couldn't even mention my work in the Christian Life Calling Institute, which is my background. Mm. Like I couldn't even, couldn't even mention that yeah. um, in that space. Uh, and so I had to just, you know, zip it. I mean, I have yeah. self-control. I, I can if I need to. It's sure. just if I was having to do ongoing work with no expression of my faith, that would be really hard. Um, and that is that is actually one of the reasons why we are splitting our our workout between Chris Hines Co, which is yeah. my work to build up individuals and organizations yeah. and engagement and strengths. And we split out the Christian Life Calling Institute, which is a faith oriented work for primarily individuals to discern their life calling. Before I was kind of trying to do both under the same umbrella. And so business people who signed up just for my strengths workshops or engagement workshops were also getting some stuff around a Christian approach to life calling. They didn't want that. They didn't feel like they needed it. I understand they're really two different types of audience. I just didn't have like a setup to kind of do both. Mm -hmm. Now with ChristianLifeCalling.com, we are splitting it out so I can really serve the business world or academic world separately with what they're interested in and then do, do the Christian life calling stuff. Um, But I would not want to do one or one or the other. I'd, I'd want to do both because I, I feel like my professional work is opening doors for God to speak to people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And I don't want to remove myself from being kind of an, a means of God's grace in those people's lives. Right. And so it may sound like it's, I'm going in the wrong direction to remove all my faith stuff from those people. But I actually think it's going to enable me to do even more of that as God opens doors. Because immediately it could be a turnoff, you know, it could be immediate turnoff. Yeah. If they see anything that's, you know, of, of Christian yeah. um, content, but I build relationships and see what happens. Yeah, it makes it makes sense. And and like you said, it it solves that issue of integrity mm-hmm. um where where that tension lies at, sometimes. Um and and I think that's and then it, it makes you salt and light in that space. It's not like you don't you don't bring you don't bring your true self. You mm-hmm. are bringing your true self into that um secular space or that business world space. Yeah. It's just how you approach those relationships. Um, and so, yeah, that's, it sounds like that, that kind of delineation for you has mm-hmm. given you more, more focus and I, yeah, it sounds like more opportunity. Yeah, I think, I think it will. Um, and especially as we're moving to Charlottesville, Virginia, I'm going to be looking to get involved with businesses and, you know, academic institutions there. And now I'm able to have a really more kind of crystal clear, here's what I do. Here's what I can bring to your workspace. And their, their felt need is going to be, you know, employee engagement, employee self-awareness, team building, productivity, the things I do, that's their felt need. And Mm -hmm. so we'll just see what doors God opens up to other works that we do, like the Christian life calling Institute, um, at the same time. But, um, this, splitting apart the two works, I think was really critical for, for this next season of life in our move. Love it. Yeah. Kind of shifting focus here. Um, and I might be going into deeper waters that I want to dive into here, but let's just <laughs> go, let's just go for it. Go here. for it. Go for um, it. You know, this again, going back to passion and purpose, mm-hmm. um, we want to help people discover what they're most passionate about and whether it's in the, 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 the Christian context, the church context, or, or out in the business world, um, people are interested um, or on a journey to, dis- to discover a lot of people are what their what, what their passions are, what they're most passionate about. So that's a self-awareness question. Um so and it's used in many different contexts, like right, not just faith, but mm-hmm. the idea of passion as a willingness to suffer. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's where uh, you know it's, cert- it's certainly that certainly is not trending these days. <laughs> um, right. In fact, if you look up passion in the dictionary, it will tell you that that term suffering in relation to passion is archaic or obsolete. So, mm-hmm. um, and yet we would, I think you and I would both agree that history's Christian martyrs were some of the most passionate people who ever walked the face of the earth, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so if passion can be a clue, or if it, if it is a clue, I believe we both agree that passion in some form is a clue to life calling. Can suffering be a clue as well? Certainly, yeah. I love that you, you Tim, are drawing a connection between passion and suffering. Um, I mean, that's every, every uh, Easter, our family watches the passion of the Christ 
mm. movie. It's a horrible movie to watch. It's so mm. painful to watch what Jesus went through. But um, there's a reason why that that whole experience is called the passion because of, of Christ's suffering, for that for which he loved, obeying the Father's will and loving us. Um, so, so definitely we need to tie in passion with suffering. And I think suffering can be a clue to life calling. You know, um, when we give up too easily because something starts to get hard, <laughs> There's a clue there that maybe we don't care as deeply about that thing as we thought we did. Mm. Um, but when we, when we really do uh, get uncomfortable and suffer for some cause, some belief, I think that's a, perhaps a clue, um, could be a clue to our calling. Yeah. I have a, a good friend who was raised in the Philippines, in the slums of the Philippines, and when he was an early teenager, was abandoned by his parents to live on the street. Mm. So he found himself homeless living on the street in the slums of Manila until this family brought him in, kind of adopted him unofficially, you know, gave him a home, gave him schooling. He went pretty far in education and um, to be formally educated is a huge accomplishment coming from the slums of Manila. It opened up a, a lot of new opportunities for him. You know what he decided to do? with that education and that, you know, new status, he decided to live back in the slums of Manila in the Philippines and love and serve the people wow. who lived in the slums there. Yeah. He, he welcomed uh, a further suffering right. and inconvenience um, for the sake of people he loved. That to me is passion. That's yeah. true passion because it brings yeah. on suffering. And so I think we need to pay attention to the types of things we're willing to suffer for, mm. you know, what are we willing to be uncomfortable for inconvenienced for? Mm. It's not everything by any means, but there yeah. are some things where we'll welcome, we'll willingly welcome suffering. And, and those may be mm. huge clues to our calling. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So the, it's a, that question, what would I keep doing or what would I do even if it meant to suffer is a valid question in the pursuit of life, life calling discovery. Definitely. We need to pay attention to our pain, mm -hmm. our personal pain. When we feel, when we feel incited by the pains of others, mm. um, not everyone is incited by the pains of others in the same ways, but some, but, but we have to pay attention when we are, yeah, I really think those are, are clues to maybe yeah. God's further work in us or God's further work through us. Um, certainly, yeah. There's this, um, you know, we were hiking in Utah last week because my wife and I, you know, my, the kids were at camp. And so Colette and I went to Utah, Park City, doing a lot of hiking. And there were some really steep, difficult hikes that we did. It was mm -hmm. very hot. You know, so there was, I mean, it was willing, willingly suffering, but we still right. were uncomfortable at times. And, yeah, yeah. but then we get to the top and the views are extraordinary. Mm. The wildflowers are amazing and colorful. You're just so glad you're there. And um, this phrase then was kind of, kind of in my spirit. If there's no story, there's no glory. If there's mm. no story, there's no glory. And I was thinking about how, um, you know, these hikes are a bit uncomfortable, painful even, but you get to the top 
and as a result of that pain and, and kind of suffering or journey, you're at the top and there's this huge glory up there. Yeah. And so I think for all of us, um, we need to pay attention to the pain and the suffering of our stories and of others that we feel drawn into because therein is where the glory lies. That's good. Good. Love that illustration. You know, I think, I think nowadays, especially here in the West, um, I think, you know, just to turn that around, people are, are people are suffering in comfort, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, in other words, all the externals point to a great life, you know, money, possessions, security, but people are, are, are really suffering in their comfort. They're dissatisfied. And I really think that what you do, Chris, um, in this whole area of helping people journey to this discovery of life calling can bring the clarity that these folks need as well, that there's more, there's more to life than just this. And that's why they're dissatisfied. They haven't discovered that yet. They haven't started that journey or they haven't somewhere along the line. They may have, you know, gotten off the, the path to that journey. So I think there's a lot of people who have just never, who have been in roles, Mm-hmm. roles um, vocationally that have never really taken the time to consider that calling aspect of their journey and therefore are suffering in their comfort. <laughs> you That's know? a good good phrase. I mean, it's easy. Remaining this in the status quo is easy. It takes disruption, even a little violence, right, to get us out of our current state. Yeah. Because it's risky, it's uncertain, we don't know how it will be and how it will affect the people around us. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's easy to stay comfortable. Um, but um, I think that having faith and listening to God and trusting Him is what we're all called to do if we're Christian believers. And so there's there's going to have to be some of that discomfort, of course, and uncertainty mm-hmm. in our lives. Or else we're not we're not living by faith, right? Yeah, and it can be scary, uh, you know, a place to venture out into because mm-hmm. um, we fear maybe what it could require of us. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, am I have to? You know, I think a lot of people struggle with those fears. Am, am I going to have to give this up to get that? Mm-hmm. Because they've never tasted what true purpose really feels like or mm-hmm. is. Um, with Christ that, um, again, going back to, yeah, there's, there's suffering in that, in that quote unquote comfort. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've wondered, you know, we, we, we read the news about this whole, the great resignation, you mm-hmm. know, 4 million people resigning in like one month. I mean, and I was part of that. Okay. <laughs> so I was yeah. part of the great resignation. Yeah. Yes. But if, if I wondered how many people kind of kind of made a false start and did resign because they, um, you know, they, they were a bit wanting something more, didn't know what it was, hadn't really put an intentional journey together, but just kind of did it out of a gut reaction. Like it's time, you know, and, and, but, but maybe some of them, that was God's path for them. Some of them, maybe not. Um, I read a book on the great resignation and there's a chapter called the rise of the individual. And it was just talking about how over time, this sort of 
fierce individualism has become such a force in our society, you know, in mm-hmm. our culture, mm-hmm. very individualistic minded. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that's what, as Christian believers, we want to kind of take the best of, which is, hey, God made me for a reason. I'm unique. Right. There's no one else like me. He made me with gifts and so forth. That's a good kind of use of individualism. A poor use of it would be, I'm king. My comfort right. matters most. You know, what I want to do, what yeah. or my expression or my feelings are king. Kind of that is probably the worst of individualism. Mm. And I think that in this whole pursuit for purpose and calling, we have to really be careful, be careful about the influence of individualism on our lives, that we are not um, treating our opinion or current belief or feeling as primary, but we are making sure that we seek the Lord's face and just kind of submitting it all under the word of God and the spirit of God. Um, Cause because I've known people who kind of quit because they weren't happy and then they, they sort of moved too quickly and now they're stuck okay. because they yeah. let their feelings be primary okay. instead of searching more out like, what, what is this telling me? You know, like, what are some possibilities here? Um, we really have to be careful about making yeah. wholesale moves. Um, we need faith. We need risk. We need a little bit of danger. Yes. But we, there can be kind of an impulsivity sometimes if we're too, um, frankly, if we're too self-centered. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so true. And I think slowing down and engaging that process of discovery is what you're, what you're trying to facilitate for people and what I do in my coaching. And, um, I think when I was, I was going back to you, to the conversation we had previously in, in the other episode, I, I think you said something like life calling discovery is a series of small faithful steps. And I love mm-hmm. that. That stood out to me. Uh, it's not that big leap. Like, you know, we we're tempted to take that big leap and miss, miss the meaning, miss the purpose, miss mm-hmm. the discovery in that step back and, and really engage the process and um, slow down is uh, what I hear you saying. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If I look back on my life, um, my my life calling discovery in the end was slow. I mean, looking back, it feels fast, but at the time it felt slow because it was like one step and then like another step and then this piece and this other piece. Right. Um, it, it took, a, it took, I mean, some time looking back now, I'm like, wow, what great work mm-hmm. God did. But mm-hmm. um, at the time it feels kind of slow because you're maybe feeling the discontentment, the passion for like impact and you want to like make this mark and all that. I get it. That can feel very, um, yeah, you know, very uh, intense, um, but it sure. is a series of small steps. And so that's one of the reasons why we, we created um I could talk about this class that we're doing. Yeah, that's what I'd love to wrap up with that, Chris. If you could just, um, yeah, to help people slow down and engage the process, what what are you offering now that people can tap into um, and learn more about? Yeah, uh, well, direct my listeners there. Great. Well, we would we would love you to go to ChristianLifeCalling.com. We are starting a new class uh, in September, uh, September seventh, actually, twenty twenty two. 
This is going to be um, a, a class that offers uh, Christ-focused teaching and training, as well as uh, small group interactive coaching, uh, as well as a calling assessment that all of our students will take, as well as you know great downloadable resources. It's a 12-week class. We think that these elements are really important, and we're going to dig into topics like purpose, values, um, you know, what's, what's Jesus have to do with calling? We're going to look at strengths and other topics that all seem to be very important in the pursuit of calling. Uh, the idea is that after these 12 weeks of small group coaching, training, um, this calling assessment and so forth, all these things are pouring into it, you will have written what we're calling a life calling statement, mm -hmm. which is a concise statement comprised of your purpose, the activities you'll do to pursue that purpose, um, the benefactors, who's going to actually be the beneficiaries of your calling, you know, kind of your audience or your people, and then what's the impact it's going to have on them. So that is what we're kind of working toward through this 12-week class. Um, and we're going to do live training on Zoom as well as recorded. So we'll record all the classes. If you can't attend live, you can definitely have the recordings and uh, everyone will have access to the recordings for three months after the class ends. So this is really, a could be a, a six month experience for students who sign up. We'd love for folks to do that. We have great coaches on hand to help coach the class. And all of this information can be uh, obtained at christianlifecalling.com. Awesome. Great. Well, and I will put all the, the links that you provided me. Um, I'll put that all in the show notes so our listeners can have a way to look that up and be directed to, to your website. Uh, really love that. Love what you're offering. Love um, this, this new initiative, Chris, and just how I believe it's going to really um, help people discover purpose and their calling. And as a result, live a more purposeful, fulfilled lives around that. And I love the fact that you're bringing that all kind of bringing that all into a statement that's intriguing for me. So I uh, really want to encourage my listeners to, to, to check that out. And again, thanks, Chris, for joining me uh, for this conversation today. We'll have to do it again. Um, make this a, make this a, a habit here because I love I love the conversations we can have together. Me too, Tim. And I'd love to have you on my podcast too. When, once we get started back up again, um, love to join so, you. Yes, we'll do that. Right. Um, I should mention too, we have a discount code for listeners of this podcast. Um, if anyone goes to the class and types in call, um, calling 2022, you'll get right. a, a discount off of the class uh, for awesome. your listeners. Awesome. And I will put that in the show notes too. Thank you, Chris. Great. Thanks, Tim. Great being with you. Great being with you. Have a good one. Thanks, you too. So many great takeaways from this conversation with Chris today. What really is highlighted for me is this. Be encouraged that your calling is a gift initiated by God and cultivated in relationship with Him. The invitation to us is to embrace the gift and in partnership with God, create a life to support that calling. Engaging in a season of coaching can be a great way to begin that calling journey. Head over to EncompassLifeCoaching.com to learn more, to set up a discovery call with me. I'd love to have a conversation. 
So that's a wrap for this episode of Navigate. I've been your host, Tim Austin. And if this has been helpful to you, can I ask you to take a moment to give us a quick review on your favorite listening platform? That would really help us with our goal of resourcing and encouraging more listeners. And we'll catch you next time.